0: of everything real estate. I am Noelle Freisen, and we are here with our power panel today. We have Eric Anderson, who is CEO of Alexander Anderson and my personal guru. And we also have Nina Mary, who is managing partner of a Mary Law Firm, and I love to call him my rockstar deal maker. So in the past few weeks, we have gotten a ton of DMs, emails, Uh, phone calls of people wanting to know more about how to build wealth through leveraging property. Everyone wants to know how can I make the money and how can I invest, invest, invest. So today we are going to be talking about how to build your empire through leveraging property, which is great because I want to build mine, right? But first, In that strain, I think Eric has something that's been going on with owning property because we're here in the Northeast. I know you guys are all over the country, but we're here in the Northeast and it's cold. It is freezing. I woke up to 10 degrees. So what have you been dealing with? Heat problems.
1: Exciting. Brr. So get it? Either you're too hot or you're too cold. I think the most fun heat problem that we're dealing with right now in one of our properties is we have... The heat on and the air conditioning on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Talk about like deal kill, especially when you're the one paying for the utility bill. So um, we're trying to figure and work that one out, and it's uh, it's been an expensive, challenging proposition, and, and it's, it's uh, very <clears throat> stressful. And and you know when you have big properties like this building is probably forty thousand square feet. So the 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 gas and electric bills are like fifteen to three thousand dollars a month, and You know, when you walk in and you're sweating and then you see the heat on and the air conditioning's on and the system is so old and you don't know what the hell you're doing, it's a lot of fun. So how are you rectifying it? Uh, Call the plumber. And the problem is that all the plumbers that are out there, some have different levels of experience. This specific property that we're dealing with is a 1930s property. So, you know, you have, let's say, younger plumbers that are like 20 and 30 years old. They don't have the experience that, let's say, an older plumber, who's maybe 50 or 60 would have. And you know you can't necessarily just send a plumber to a property. You have to go, you have to learn, you have to listen. You have to make sure that you understand what's happening. So a great tool out there today, and everybody I'm sure knows about this, is, is YouTube. So you can Google anything. <laughs> and you can find it on YouTube and you can learn about it. And one of the, the things, a tip for, for everybody, if you're going into a situation where you have to have something fixed or where you have a problem, you know, in the middle, like you're, you're going to bed and you have an hour before you're going to fall asleep, start Googling. How do I rectify this heat issue or talk about it and send out different words and then look at the videos? And it just gives you a baseline to try to understand what's happening and to understand what's going on. And it helps greatly. Um, it gives you credibility with that plumber. If they don't know you, it helps them um, not overcharge you it helps you kind of analyze because you may know the building a little better than they do. You know, it depends on the situation. But um, so what, basically,
0: don't go in cold.
1: What, what kind
2: of? Uh, <laughs> 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 that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> Thank like, you. What kind of heat do you have there? Is it HVAC? Is it steam? Is it's it hot steam. water? <clears throat> Boiler. <clears throat> well, right there you go. That's why you're having difficulty controlling the heat, and you're not going to be able to fix it. So well, thanks for that positive. <laughs> <laughs> so look, guys, this He's
0: kind of
2: it's a chair over there for you. <laughs> Timeout chair. So guys, this ties into. Um, know your product, know what you're buying, right? So uh, there's heating in properties has been an evolution, um, just the same way as an engine has, right? It's kind of a similar concept. So steam is how most buildings were heated. Uh, It was the evolution from your fireplace. You know, next came steam. And with steam boilers, what happens is you build up pressure, steam is released, and that is how the property gets heated. Uh, it is almost impossible to control the temperature in different rooms every room has a radiator right and there are these usually these beautiful cast iron things that come up because you know it wouldn't rust and it can handle the pressure and you know you could change it you can play with it you can change the pressure but at the end of the day steam is notorious for being inconsistent so your options there would be what you'd even have to do a conversion and run pecs and do a hot water system are you doing that or you're going to have to go HVAC. So, since (laughs) Nima is an expert on heating,
1: um, we actually have each individual uh, system has controls on it. Some of the controls are not working. So basically, he has valid points where it's very hard to control steam, but they make controls that literally just shut off the amount of pressure that can go into that radiator section. And there are certain controls that are not working. So when it's not working, it's just like full heat 24-7 whenever the actual boiler is on. Um, so that's our phase one of tackling. Phase two, this building also has a, a 1930s air conditioning system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: did
2: they have air conditioning in the 1930s? Dry did. in the basement. They
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, So this system is so old that... Um, It's like the the air conditioner is like the size of a school bus in the basement, and you can actually, if you've ever envisioned like walking on the moon or like a moon chamber for like testing an astronaut suit, there's like a room that you walk in and it's just like sound deadening and that's part of the HVAC system. It's it's pretty crazy. So we're actually putting in individual um, air conditioning HVAC systems in each tenant space. So probably a year from now, we're going to have a secondary heating system so we could eventually shut off the entire steam system if we had to and then give each suite the individuality of control. So are you going to go with the ductless system then? No, we're doing um, ducts.
0: Okay. All ducts. All, All ducks. our ducts in a row. Well, that just puts us into how did you get these buildings? How did you leverage these things? How do you know so much about this because you've had several buildings? So I'm going to back us up. And we're gonna talk about what is leveraging property. Because I have to say for years, for over a decade, Eric has been telling me, oh, you just buy this and you refi and you pull your money out. And I was like, I totally have no idea you're talking Greek to me. Don't bother my pretty little head, right? But I wanna understand, cheers, I drank mine. Um, I wanna understand what is leveraging property and they wanna understand because they wanna make money.
2: You can, you can start, you can start it. So this is a super interesting topic. We actually touched on it. Um, I think it was two episodes uh-huh. ago when we started getting heavy into numbers about whether to keep That's it why everyone
0: was, was, was asking us, well, how do I do
2: it? Yeah. So there's going to be multiple schools of thought, So I'll do my best to remain neutral. Um, and just explain what leveraging property is. Um, if you have something worth $10, right. Um, and let's think really, really simple, right? You have something worth $10 uh, and you own it and you want to buy something else that's $10. Well, you don't have uh, any more money because you spent all your money on the first thing. Uh-huh. Um, and we're not saying you bought it outright cash. You saved up, you financed that $10, your iPhone, you financed it, um, say $100. You financed it and a couple of years have gone by, you've paid it off and now you have all this Liquidity in it again because the debt's gone But you haven't had an opportunity to save up to buy another so You're thinking well, what am I gonna do because I have this hundred percent paid off item and I I, want to buy more so you go and you borrow against that again, right? But when you take that money Because now it's debt-free You don't put that money in your pocket as a personal amount of money you use that to buy another asset so now you have one asset that has debt on it. Your first phone that was debt-free now has debt. Say you get about 80%, 75% of the value of that phone, so you get $7.50. Then you go and you buy another phone, that's $10. Now you have $7.50, because you took it from this phone, and you put it towards that other phone. Now, you can then put the other $2.50 yourself, and you can now own that 100%, or, now this is gonna get tricky, guys. So remember, picture your first phone, and now I'm drawing lines. There's a line here, phone two, <laughs> right? Phone two. You can buy phone two 100 percent outright or only borrow two dollars and fifty cents against it because you took 750 from phone one. Or you could take that 750 and divide it by three. So you have two. Oh my god, my head
0: is starting to hurt.
2: 250, 250, right? $2.50, 3 times is 750. And you can buy three $10 phones. Because to get a loan, you need twenty five percent down, gotcha. and what's twenty five percent of hundred dollars? Twenty five dollars. Okay. Ten dollars and two fifty. That, yes.
0: So, so I could either I could either buy one property or I can buy three properties, that's taking on more debt.
2: Correct. Now there's two types of debt, right? Hold on, before you get there. Okay. So now you have four properties. Why would you want to do that? Why you want to do that? Yeah. that is
1: because you want to build long-term wealth. So right when you have a rising tide, which real estate <coughs> usually typically goes up instead of your rising tide on one property, right? You now have rising, rising tide, tide on, on three four. pro or how many you bought? Four. You bought four phones. So all
2: four phones are going up in value. And we call that appreciation.
0: Now wait, what I wasn't getting these past literally 10 years, it's literally been 10 years until last night when it all clicked is that phone, you need to rent that phone out to cover the debt that you now accumulated on that phone, right?
2: So on all of them. Now this is, okay. th- look, that sounds easy. Anyone who hears it says, wow, that's so easy. Probably most of you guys on Instagram see ads become a millionaire with other people's money and they, they, they sell you on this process because it's simple math. But then you have to think about now you have four properties that require debt service because now you no longer own any of them outright. Now- each of those needs to be individually rented and you need something that's called an equilibrium. What does that mean? That means your cost of money, the cost to borrow that seven dollars and fifty cents on these three properties has to be has to be less than the return on the investment. So if your money costs three to four percent, you need to be making at least ten percent so you have a six percent spread, right because what's 10? minus four is six, a 6% spread for either profit allocation, reimbursement towards that 250 that you now divvied up to pay off the first loan, or a savings fund to take that three and turn it into six after you've paid them off. And to dumb that down, that's called cash flow. (coughs) Cash
0: flow.
1: Correct. Cash flow, what's left over after you pay your mortgage and your expenses?
0: So let me just get this straight. I I I have a house, right? I have equity in that house. I take a loan against the equity, right? Mm-hmm. I then rent that, and let's say my loan, I'm paying you know, $500 a month in a mortgage now. I go rent that out for $1,500 a month, so I'm now putting $1,000 in my pocket, and I'm paying $500 to the mortgage. Mm-hmm. But then I take the money that I took out of that house, and then I go buy something else, where it's really cheap, I fix it up, and then I then rent that out and I just keep on doing that. And every one that I do that with, I'm putting a little bit of money on my pocket. Get it, guys? I'm gonna have to like quit my job. That's called right?
2: leverage.
0: That's lo- okay.
2: But got it. wait,
0: how do I start this? I only have 50 grand.
2: Well, let's talk about how the other shoe can drop.
0: Oh no. Right? No so shoes.
2: Everyone remembers good old Domino's. Right? Domino's Pizza? No, the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone remembers Domino's still around. <laughs> So, all right. So dominoes, if one falls, all fall. And what a lot of people think is it's that easy, but it's not because there's very, there's very intricate factors. You don't have a thousand dollars. You have cost of maintenance on that original property. Okay. Well, Taxes. we're going we're to get,
0: we're going to get there to the, to, the p- the to the
1: pitfalls. He's right. There's not, you know, it's not as clean as Noel says, but just
2: for this discussion purpose, we can keep it clean. We're going to get to the pitfalls. Yes. Let's so, not go
0: through the pitfalls yet. I
2: was one pitfall. Okay. One pitfall. What happens when one of them stops paying rent?
0: You kick their butts out. And, and you find someone else.
2: And that takes how long? It depends if it's coronavirus time <laughs> it's a residential tenant, it to take two years. Now you have four mortgages. And if you add up three, even with the spread, you may not have enough to cover all four. You may lose them all.
0: So you really need to be saving your money when you bring it in.
2: You need to check the leverage. You need to have a cushion. OK. OK. And, and Eric will talk more about the, I think, leverage and the cushion on that leverage. Um, like I said, there's different schools of thought. And while I know the leverage game, I have yet to partake in it. Um,
0: But isn't that what you were doing? We had this property. He was going to hold it or he was going to sell it. He decided to hold it, but then he got a better offer. And then he like read a love letter and he sold it to the first person. Long story. This is exactly what happened. Isn't that that what you were doing? You were leveraging it when you were going to hold it?
2: So that was my intention.
0: Right. Right. Because
2: I know the process. and I know it makes sense. And for me, carrying that mortgage was less than a car payment. Okay. Um, but ultimately, I didn't do it.
0: He drives really nice cars. So less than a car <laughs> payment for him is like our monthly budget for us, guys. But go ahead.
2: Um, so so ultimately, I didn't do it. And I, I've actually really yet to do it.
0: Okay. Um,
2: okay. I know it's the right thing to do. I know right, it's the so, right So approach. you don't need to talk. So, so then I'll
0: talk <laughs> <laughs>
1: about So I think leveraging is an amazing tool to get you to somewhere that you want to be. Depending on your... And and I'm not PC, so just everybody understand that. Depending on your age, Uh depending on your capabilities, depending on the risk factors that you have. So, like, you know, if you're a single mom with five kids, you have five kids to take care of. So it's going to be much more difficult for you Uh to start something because you have to take care of those five kids. If you're a guy that has no kids and no wife or a woman that has no kids and no wife, and you're Got 23 sisters. years old, okay, and you have a job making $80,000 a year, If I and you saved up $100,000, if I took all your money away because it's you're fine. over-leveraged, like Nima said, and the dominoes mm-hmm. fell in the wrong direction, you lost everything, you're 24 years old, and you could start over. Big friggin' deal. You could people don't make money. Like, I know tons of rich, rich, rich people, and they didn't make their money until they were like 55 years old. So you have your life ahead of you. I mm-hmm. always say, the younger you are, start early.
0: Yes, the less do risk say that. you are,
1: just do it, just do it. He does say that, that
0: to everyone. Everyone. Well, let's let's take let's take fifty grand. Okay? Let's take fifty grand. Um, I have questions coming in, and guys, I'm not gonna forget about you, but let's take fifty grand. If I have fifty, how can I start this out?
2: Can you give it to the capital fund that Omar
0: <laughs> wants <at? laughs> Omar's not here today, so he doesn't get my money.
2: So my Eric, what are your thoughts on
1: that? What do you do with fifty grand? Yeah, Yeah. how do I start? Um,
0: What if I have fifty? So
1: one of my business partners goes to either Yonkers Monticello Racist? No gambling. You go (laughs) bet. You put it on the roulette. So are you telling me I can't do
0: anything with fifty grand? No, you can.
1: You can. So um, you just have to start small. We talked about in some other uh, other um, episodes. We talked about FHA loans. You could go get an FHA loan, three percent down. Uh, You could buy something and build your cash flow that way. Um,
0: But we're talking about buying crappy properties, right? Yeah, look. Like, really crappy properties making them better.
2: I'm going to be the Debbie Downer here. The, The leverage game requires in my if you're just leveraging because you have some money and you want to borrow completely, yeah, they just borrow, lend on everything. That's called leverage. But if you want to have an asset and leverage off that asset, which is what I think the conversation today is, you need to have an asset that has no debt on it that you can take debt from or equity in it sufficient to go buy more. So if you only have 5,000 and no properties, 50,000. The best case scenario for you is you can buy a um, five hundred thousand dollar property because that's twenty percent down. It still doesn't cover your closing costs. You'll get financed the re- the rest of it, but you're really not going to be on the. But
0: wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's say I'm going out to we we've, we've talked about this. And guys, we're in New Jersey, so there's Sussex County. My fiance lives in Sussex County. There are cows out there. Okay, there are literal cows, and like it's it's the middle of nowhere. You've been buying in Sussex, right? Mm-hmm. Can't we find a fifty thousand dollar home that's falling apart that no one wants to touch, no bank wants to touch, and buy that and fix it up and then rent it out?
2: Hundred percent. That's um, what I want to do. Wait, that's not leveraging.
0: Why not? It's, then I would it, put it it my. It's
2: into it. it's not leveraging
1: to start, but once you fix it up, right. And then you get a tenant in there. And now you have bought something at fifty thousand, put in twenty five, so your out pocket right. is seventy five. Is out worth one hundred and fifty? Oh, correct. Then and you 100. go get a new mortgage. Yeah. So you recoup your seventy-five. That's what I want to do. Okay, you now have a positive cash flow. You're making money, uh, and then you take that seventy-five again, and you do it again. That's called leverage. Yeah, but even in Sussex, fifty's not going to get you anything. So we can't address every possible. (laughs) We can't address every possible scenario, but they're out there. You just have to look. You could buy a condo. You could buy an apartment. Right. um, You could buy a piece of land. You could buy a fixer-upper house. You know. I started, I bought a house. That was the first thing I did. I found the crappiest garbage house right. in the best town that I could possibly find. You know, I had $30,000. I bought a house for $130, Didn't have any more money. <clears throat> used all my credit cards to fix it. Then I tried to refinance. They wouldn't refinance it. They're like, you're oh, over that's my Your credit, you're maxed out. So I'm like, what the hell? So I had to go get a home equity loan. Then I got the home equity loan. Now I was a great candidate, so now I could go out and do a cash out refi. So I did a cash out refi. I took out like I don't know,
2: 150 or 200 thousand dollars, and I went and bought my first commercial building. There you go. So you, that's you, how you, you do it. You start somewhere, and that's that's exactly you know what leveraging is. Right. But
0: can you, you do this in other states? Because and then the
2: domino fell, and my commercial tenant didn't pay,
1: and then I had to eat Burger King for like six months. Um, but I made it through there you go <laughs> that was kind of
2: worried we got... thought there was a beautiful end to the story <laughs> here and like there yeah. is no the story is still going that... I didn't end yet but yeah that's how Eric it was busted through it on the big game world commercial <laughs> <laughs> but...
0: Gabriel wants to know can you do that in different states like what you sure. do well, first, down... let's talk about
2: how expensive Burger King got because in today's society I don't think I don't, burger... I don't, well I don't to get a burger, burger
0: it's like 10 bucks I have kids <laughs> to get it it's like 10 bucks
2: go ahead yeah. so okay you can do this anywhere because it's math Right. It's not state specific. It's mm-hmm. math. That's for
0: most people. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a people person, not a math person,
2: but go ahead. If you want to leverage, you have to become a math person because it's plus or minus. It can, you, can, you can even do it in the, in the metaverse now. Buy something low, sell high, buy something, build value when it appraises or it increases in value. Then suck that value back out and buy something else and do the same thing over again. So you can do it in every state, in every country, in every platform possible. Okay. It's just a concept of economics and that. So. And leveraging doesn't just apply to real estate. You could have cars. You could be running a. Uh, you
1: could get a contract to to deliver donuts to people for a thousand dollars. And then if you find somebody out there who wants to deliver those donuts for five hundred, you've just now given them that contract. You've just made five hundred dollars on top of that. So that's like a form of
2: leveraging. Leveraging, It's so. borrowing against yeah. something of value to make money on something else. Yeah.
0: So in our market, probably $50,000 wouldn't work, but if you're <coughs> out in Florida or North Carolina and in the sticks, maybe that would work. So you have to it, know you work in our market too.
2: Look, there's always deals. There's always opportunity. I mean, that it's tough for us, for guys like Eric and myself to, to, to take our opinion out because we think a certain way now, mm-hmm. but, yeah, look, everyone started with some, probably most people start with less than $50,000. So okay. I think. yeah, so the third, right? <clears throat> so okay. yeah, you can do it. You just have to find the right deal. And then you have to find a way that you can build that equity very quickly. When we say it's, it, we can't do it, no. It's just very difficult because now it's so hard to find good deals that the opportunity to find a diamond in a rough and build value to it is just become a lot more difficult, but it is still possible. You're right. You just need to look harder. You need to focus more and you need to find that right property that you can do this with because it's all about just timing
0: and value. Do you need to know about houses? Like I know, no, but you know a lot about, well, you know more than me, right?
1: about
0: like... Oh, that's easy. No, <laughs> it is easy. Just about, kidding. No, it's But then so. about
1: HVACs and like, you know, cracks uh, so and something or... I happen to come to, have grown up in a family that had a lot of building experience. But as I said, there's something you can't learn on YouTube. You know, our Omar, who's a personal friend of mine, his family had zero experience in building or houses or any of that stuff. And he's flipped, you know, tens and tens but and tens have, of have, houses just because he went out, he tried it and he learned. And... Did he screw up his first deal? Did he break even on his first deal? But, you know, as I've said before, you have to be in it to when you have to just go out and try something. You have to take a, take stock of what your risks are, do the education, ask people for help. Don't don't just ask one person, ask five people. Don't be afraid. If someone doesn't want to help you, then just walk away from them. But ask the questions, you know. Um, the one thing I can tell you almost 100% is never buy something that doesn't need manipulation. What do you um, mean? Doesn't need to be enhanced, either fixed, like cosmetically, or fixed because it has legal issues like easements or you know some kind of lawsuits on the property. Or so
0: always buy something that has like problems.
1: Buy buy something that has an issue okay. because but before you buy it, make sure you know what the issue is I think and make it fix the issue. And then make sure you have like you know you could take Nema a deal and he could tell you how if an issue is fixable you know like he was just telling me a couple weeks ago he's like we have to go buy lots that have where they call flag lots where they have no access for you they're landlocked and he's like oh I'm oh, not gonna, be, dis- we're right, gonna um, be disclosing my new tactic here <laughs> I won't tell you what it is but so there's there's ways That's you my can help you 2022 all right so I'm sure you I forgot that uh, so, but um so there's ways to figure out how to do things <clears throat> you have to figure out what it is You know, if you see a building that's empty, Mm -hmm. that's also, it could be a gorgeous building, but it's empty. Maybe they can't figure out how to get a tenant. You know, maybe you're creative, maybe you have contacts in the city, or maybe it's vice versa, and you can come up with an idea to fill that building. Now, all of a sudden you've just done something that that
2: private owner couldn't do, so. So guys, what, what Eric's talking about, the term for it in the industry is value add, right? You have to add value, because if someone else already added the value, what are you buying? You're not, you're, you're buying something that's already priced at market. Right. right. So you want to buy under market. That means you need to be able to add something to it to give it value. Mm-hmm. Um, while I'm usually like kind of a pessimist here to everyone. Um, I will say where there's a will, there's a way, if yeah. you're willing to learn and you're willing to put in the work, you don't need to know. You just need to be willing to learn. Um, <clears throat> my background, I actually have a bachelor's of engineering from Stevens Institute of Technology. So irrespective of being a lawyer, um, my dad was big. Uh-huh. He's like,
0: I'm a lawyer. I'm an engineer. I'm also a heart surgeon.
2: <laughs> I can, I can break. I can't fix. So, no, no, I love her. So, yeah. So, basically, um, even growing up, you know, my father had a very large real estate portfolio. Hats, uh, thank God. Um, and he would always make me work for his workers.
0: So, you knew. You also know.
2: Well, his Some f- stuff about building everything. I could build a building. From, I could build a building from the ground up before I even went to change So school. then, what do I do? So my, I have
0: had to call <clears throat> Eric to ask him how to turn on my air conditioner because well, I didn't know where the button was. But well, you're
2: doing the right thing. What, what you don't know? Can I help you? Is exactly <laughs> it, it's exactly what Noel just said. You should do, guys. You should pick up the phone, call someone who knows, and ask them, and listen, and learn, and learn once so you don't have to keep calling. Pay attention and actually care, right? My dad used to always say, you can't tell someone to do something that you don't know how to do because either one you'll be taken advantage of. Guys, I can't tell you how many times I have contractors come give me bids and they shovel so much bullshit out of their car before they even get to my door that I have a tough time even like walking them back to their car. The stuff these people say is so dumb. And then you respond and they get insulted that you know that they're full of crap, right? And it happens 98% of the time. The 2% of the time it doesn't happen is the people I hire, right? Only 2% No, it's only 2%. And then you know what? They last for like a year and a half before they get full and they're now making money and they start ticking up their prices a little bit and they gotta go bye bye too. So
0: So do you find contractors? You have contractors that you already work with, I'm assuming.
2: I do, I cycle through them because they usually don't last. And that's because human nature, people get greedy, right? Someone, your friend today, all of a sudden, everyone working for you all of a sudden starts thinking, well, why do you have it? And you make too much money, so they should charge you more money. They don't have a balance of, you know, there's different people who make different levels of money on a transaction. I'm sorry, right? My plumber shouldn't be pulling up in a nicer car than me.
0: Well, hold
1: on, hold on. So Neem is right. You do cycle through contractors. I have some contractors (laughs) that have been around for 10 years, but majority you do cycle through. Not all of them take advantage, but a lot of them a lot of them do, a lot of them get jealous of a situation. That's fair. Um, yeah. It's not universal. It, there are good people out there, there are good contractors out there, there are people that care. And it's super important, like we talked about earlier, going on YouTube and trying to understand something. Like I just <clears throat> I just fixed my dryer like I don't know, two months ago, just because I was like I just felt like I wanted to try to fix it. Not, I really didn't want to do it, but it was one of those things where you wake up and you're like, I'm going to be a man today and I'm going to fix something. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm sure there's ladies <laughs> that want to do that too. But, and I fixed it. And uh, you know, but there's other scenarios where you know we were trying to fix something else and so we couldn't do it. But at least we identified what we thought was an issue. We were able to relay that to the contractor, and it helped eliminate the the shit shoveling that you were
2: talking about. It's a reality. I'll give you guys a very simple example. I can't I, I can't pull this stuff off at home. I overpay, I don't have a choice, right? Because it's too much work to explain to my wife that I'm getting ripped off, right? And everybody else always knows more. Fine, no problem. But I had these guys just washer dryer, just replaced it, right? Brand new ones come in, paid for the install, all that stuff, right? Who cares? Just get it done. Um guy comes in and there's like a leak on the valves that come from the wall. Really simple fix, guys. So you just buy a new one, you take out two screws, and you put it to the guy's like, yeah, I can't install your dryer. This whole thing is bad. I'm like, okay, man. I was like, you know what? I was like, I don't have time to deal with this. How much do you want? He's like, 500 bucks. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, you goddamn mind, <coughs> <laughs> I just a brand new dryer. I wasn't fixing the dryer. It was the Why the didn't you go get,
0: get this crazy?
2: I told him. I was like, yeah, you know what? No problem. All right. This was a spiteful Nema Just so he sticks around. Go, bought the new kit, walk in. I was like, hey, here it is. I was like, you know what? Can you give me like two minutes, please? He's like, yeah, yeah. I close the door to the laundry room while he stands outside. He thinks I'm just in there. He's like, "What the hell is this guy doing?" Opens it back up, and it's done.
0: And right? then you're like, "Ha!"
2: No, I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, man. You know, I, just, I don't think I'll need you to do, to do this. It was actually pretty simple. Uh, but thank you. Hey, yeah, I was all, you know, a little so nervous. He waiting there anyway. for his five hundred
0: dollars and didn't get it.
2: He wanted to waste my money, so I wasted his time. Is disclaimer ha. says, "Do not try this at home."
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: at the bottom, bottom of our screen. I mean, look, the point is. The point is, and actually I wasn't 100% sure how to do it either. I YouTubed it, like Eric said, but it was pretty simple once yeah, I looked easy. at it, the concept. But look, at, or I had another guy come in, an electrician, right? He's telling me all this stuff has to get pulled out and blah, 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 blah. I just looked at him. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Grab it, rip it, throw it in the dumpster. Take the wires that are good and just run it. You'll be here for two days. So the guy gave me a quote of like $8,000. So I sat him down and I said, okay, you want $8,000? I was like, how many days do you think this will take? He goes, oh, I don't know. It could take me two, three full days because he can't really lie about how much time. They're not going to say it's two weeks and they're done in three days. Okay. I'm like, oh, that's great. I was like, so I sat down and I broke down the cost of the material. It was $600, $700. I was like, so you think that your time, two days of your time is worth $7,000, $3,500 a day, eight hours. a day? I literally broke it down for him. I was like, so I should pay you close to $400 an hour. How many people are on the job? So one or two guys, max needed. I was like, I was like, how does that make, how does that make sense? So I said no. Right? I told I don't, I'm not rude. I'm usually like I'll let you know. The guy's still texting me. The job was done. I took a picture and I texted it to him, and I was like, "Did official thing for twelve hundred bucks?" Right?
0: And so he missed out. So
2: okay, so we have
0: to find a honest contractor. But how do you
2: do that if you don't know? So well, you ask.
0: Yeah, okay? you got to ask, ask around.
2: Learn, guys, be prepared to be ripped off the first couple of times, mm. but sh- don't don't be absentee. Don't buy a property, sit at home and just write checks. Go there every day, watch what your contractors are doing. Learn the process. It's so not rocket science. this
0: is not science. passive
1: at all? Ask questions <laughs> if they don't want to answer them, that's not the right contractor for you.
0: Okay. Yeah. You know,
1: unless it's like two in the morning and you have 40 apartments with no heat, and then you're kind of screwed and you got to, then yeah,
2: you, you got to, yeah, yeah, but. There's no, also, there's always a way. It there's managed. no such thing as, to me, unless you're worth a couple hundred million dollars and you can put things into groups where it's managed, there's no such thing as passive investing. Okay. And, and don't feel, don't ever feel threatened. If mm. someone tells
1: you, Something horrible is going to happen. Like, you have to do this now, or tenants are screaming at you saying, if you don't fix my heat today, I'm going to be arrested. Like, none of that's going to happen. If you're aggressively trying to solve a problem, uh-huh. and if someone gets a town involved because you have no heat, and you show them the steps you're taking, and you show them that your contractor was there, and the part was ordered, and it's going to be enough, another five hours, like, most people are normal and will work with you, and you're not going to uh-huh. get in trouble.
2: It's, you know, So just Look, take it slow. And, and to Eric's point, there should actually be an entire – Talk on this, not to be bullied by inspectors. Because inspectors, I would speak, I would say 98% in my opinion, right? Have this power complex. Um, I'm going through a problem right now, and I'm just gonna You're sue
0: because right? oh, he's a lawyer, he all can take our oh, Listen,
2: at the end of the day, do what's right. And if you do what's right, don't be bullied. A lot of these inspectors want to be bullies, right? Do the right job, document it, evidence it, and then when they give you a ticket. Have no problem going to trial. Fight them. After a good number of them, but they're going to But
0: that's so learn. easy to from a lawyer. I have no problem going to court. You, like, live for court. You are, like...
1: Even if I wasn't a lawyer, it's just doing what's right. All right, so, yes, uh-huh. what he's saying has merit, but because it's him, he can get away with things that, like, 95% of the rest of us can't do. I know a ton of inspectors. There are a couple assholes. Most of them are great. And the ones that are assholes are, like, a little bit like this... You have to remember there's a lot of people that are always trying to get stuff over on them so they get frustrated and they're stressed so my advice would be build a rapport with them show them that you care about what you're doing um show them that you want to work with them show them that you want to do the right thing ask them for questions you know they're not always going to help you because there's rules like they can't recommend contractors but you know if you're doing a lot of work in the same town you have to build that relationship. Well, like
0: right? everything. And just yeah. so you know, Lawrence loves you. He says, don't take BS from anyone. No,
2: that's it, man. You got to, <laughs> listen, you may knock me down, but you're going to have a couple black eyes and missing teeth by the end of it. That's just not going to be worth it. See okay. you next time. Right? So <laughs> I
0: I found my $50,000 house. It's literally falling apart, right? What do I do? What put do-
2: together, sell it, and don't put a seller just well, like no, no, right? no. I'm going to rent it. I'm
0: going to rent it. I don't have. I'm gonna rent it, right? So where do I go first? What do I start on first? What should be my priority? Should I be adding bedrooms to it? So it's like a better property. Should I just be doing cosmetics? Kitchen should bathroom. I, kitchen bathroom. Well, kitchen? first
1: would be how much money do you have to put in?
0: Okay, yes. I have fifty, right? I spent my fifty on it. And so do you
1: have ten thousand dollars left?
0: Or I, have, you have 50, I have twenty thousand dollars left.
1: Okay. So then yes, you would do you would typically do a kitchen or a bathroom, but you you have to see like if you can take something and turn it into a two-bedroom that was a one-bedroom or a three-bedroom that was a two-bedroom and it's very simple let's say there's a bedroom that's like 30 feet by 20 feet right and all you have to do is stick a wall in the middle and now all of a sudden you can have two bedrooms that may be better than updating that bathroom because if the bathroom is in great shape but it's just old You've now created value by being able to add another bedroom another because people want that. And so that's going to
0: make your total... Eric value. is my dear
2: friend and he saved me with a disclaimer. So I'm going to save him with a disclaimer What's right that? now. Just building a wall in the middle of a room <laughs> and then advertising as three-bedroom may not you have to
1: put oh, Yes, yeah, so you have to put closets in it. It has to have a window. So you have to identify what a bedroom is. Okay. By okay. local okay. ordinance. So if you ide- once you identify what a bedroom <coughs> is. So let's say we can identify what a bedroom is. It
0: has closets. It has windows. Anything else it needs? A door? And a door. And a door. Yes. Closets, windows, doors, yes. equals bedroom. Yes, if it's correct. not, if it doesn't have closet, windows, doors, you just call it a bonus room or like a den. Live right? yeah. uh, and oh, study. However, there's
1: also situations where it's a den or a live study or a bonus room, whatever one of those things, but the clientele in the area, so it depends where your house, where your property is. Mm-hmm. If you're in an urban downtown with a lot of low income people, that are looking for places to, to live, mm-hmm. they may be okay with a den and putting a day bed in there and calling that a bedroom for themselves. So it's, you have to look at it and see, you know, who's going there you know, if the you, if you have Just always
2: with, be with honest kids. with your listing, Yes. Okay. right? Because if you, I'll, I'll give you an, you an example, there is a, um, a property that we own. And unfortunately, the first floor does connect to the basement. Mm-hmm. And upon acquisition, the basement is pretty finished. Um, there's no way to block it off, right? They're just connected. Now the upstairs is a three bedroom. Uh-huh. Always listed as many people come and they look around. And they're like, "This is like a 5 bedroom." There's two bedrooms downstairs.
0: Got it. There's a window.
2: There's a closet, but it's not. That's a basement, and the city doesn't recognize it. So Even it,
0: you can't have a you can't have a bedroom in a basement.
2: Maybe you can. This this municipality does not recognize it. As okay. Whatever the reason, right? Um, so ultimately, it's always only advertised as a three and the lease agreement is very crystal clear this is a three bedroom apartment
0: but do you say bonus room
2: you could say two bonus rooms in the basement you could say two playrooms in the basement uh-huh. you could say maybe you could say six room two bedroom nobody cares how many rooms it is because you can have legally how many rooms you want classification of bedroom is a legally defined term
0: in bathroom as well yes okay
2: i can't tell you how many times Tenants have then gone and been like, you illegally rented us this and that. And we show up always to court and say, or they call the city. We say, look, here's the listing. Here's the lease. It's bold in here that says the bedroom is not for living. They choose to put mattresses down there. That's on them. We did not advertise this as a bedroom. right? We can't seal it off. Or, you know, we would. It was not advertised and is not condoned. So, guys, the whole bedroom game is really great because it adds substantial value. But there's a right way to do it. You have, that's something you have to follow protocol. I'm like, you can, you can renovate a, a bathroom and no one knows, mm-hmm. but adding a bedroom is, you know, something that ultimately should end up playing permits for and, but the question was what should we do first? So it all right. depends on the situation. So you add areas. so much more value with a bedroom. Yeah. Guys, a one bedroom to a two or three bedroom it's is astronomical huge, right? in rent increase, right? right? You can have thirty percent, twenty percent to your rents overnight and it'll cost you four hundred bucks to build that wall Or it. if you have a half bath and you can turn it into <laughs> a If you have a four bedroom
1: house with one bathroom or one yeah. full bath and one half, and you can somehow take a closet and turn that into you know, add it to your powder room and make it into a full bath.
2: Now you've just created huge value, Yeah, huge value, right? Cause that makes a big difference to your consumer who right. comes in. They don't want to share four bedrooms, share one bathroom. Can you imagine?
0: Mm-hmm. So I have bought it. I've rehabbed it. I've added a bathroom and a bedroom. I'm really excited, which has made my the value higher. So now I can take more money out of it. Right? Correct. Correct. Now, Do I go find another place?
1: I just take that money and go find another place now? First you
0: have to refinance it. Oh, you refi- Okay, so tell me about the refinancing process. What is that process?
1: So it depends on twofold. You have to have a tenant, and then it typically depends on the value of the rental. So just because you did all this stuff and it appraises for $10 million, if you don't have a a good rental candidate in there, Mm -hmm. um, you may not be able to pull out the right amount of money. You know, it's different for commercial versus single family, I don't do a lot of single family rentals. Uh, So I think that in a single family rental, you could probably pull more money out, not so much based on cash flow. Whereas if it was like
2: a commercial project, it's all based on cash flow. Yeah, to Eric's point, I think he's right. So um, you can can get a mortgage on a single family as an investment property, but it's a much higher interest rate um, than just getting a regular cash out refi. on but a that's what I wanted to Because right? then no. you're just going on the appraised right. value of the property. Now, on occasion, there's two ways to appraise it's either just the appraised market value, or they can look at your rent roll and cash flow value of the
0: property. Okay. Commercial,
2: Eric is right, it's always cash flow because that's what dictates commercial property, right? But
0: What's what, your, what if I'm doing single family, yeah. what do I want them to look at? The...
2: I want you to sell it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> then
0: leverage know. it. Leverage the money. No, Go I don't and buy to a couple it.
2: multifamilies with it. You're on the wrong show.
0: We'll do, a, we'll do a flipping show <laughs> later. So uh, wait, so we, this appraisal thing. Tell me about the appraisal. Is that what's going to tell me how much this property is worth?
2: So the bank will send their own appraisal. You can get your own appraisal in advance so you have an idea whether it's worth okay. your time or not. It's gonna cost you anywhere from 500 to a thousand bucks or you can ask your local real estate agent to give you kind of an MMR and they'll do a- CMA, market. competitive market analysis. Yeah, um, and they'll tell you, look, this is roughly what, what the property costs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you go to get a mortgage, they're going to send an appraiser out.
0: What if it appraises too low? Then what do I do?
2: You're out of luck. You can appeal it. Usually, they don't really change it based off of an appeal, but there's like a ten fifteen percent oh, chance. Appraising low. So if you had an appraised when you bought it and you added all these wonderful things to it,
1: unless the market it's changed, going to higher. unless you <laughs> took you like two years to do it and then the market changed, it's not going to.
0: Have you ever had anything appraised low and then appealed? Have you ever won an appraisal appeal?
1: Um. I haven't, but I've heard it happens. So when well, you're... The I, urban I, I,
0: myth, yeah. it happens.
1: So it, that, I think, is more for when you're um, buying a property. Like, okay. if you're buying a property and it doesn't appraise, I've, I've had scenarios where we would have to go and determine what competitive... What, what products were used, what comps were used to make that appraisal happen. Mm-hmm. And then we would argue that those are wrong and we would provide new ones and then mm-hmm. we could get the appraisal higher. Um, I've had it in commercial where people didn't interpret leases correctly, where you'd have to be like, look, the cash flow
2: is actually greater. Um, yeah. 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 To, to Eric's point, um, it, it, especially in one family, you it's, it's, it just depends on what appraiser you get and whether he wants to do a good job or a bad job. Um, and guys, okay. the reason for that is mortgage companies aren't just like, oh, you're asking for 500, that's your purchase price, so we'll give you 80% of it. No, it's 80% of the appraised value. So if it okay. appraises out at 400, they're not not—they're not gonna, gonna lend you 80% of that, right? So 320. And now you're stuck in a situation where you have to figure out how are you going to pay the balance or the spread? Yeah. Um, so appraised value is far more important, especially when it becomes a single family uh, issue. multi as it goes to Eric's point, it's more towards commercial. That's cash flow because the bank will look and say, "Hey." If you're making 10K a month off this, you can pay our mortgage of three, right? Okay.
1: And there's different types of loans. So you can go to like your big like Rocket Mortgage or Quicken Loans for that single family refi, Mm -hmm. but you could also go to a small bank and a small bank is probably gonna treat that more like a commercial deal. Um, And they may look at the cash flow. So there's there's different options. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole, mortgages are a whole other. But yes, you gotta do that. And then once you do that, and then you pull
2: out that chunk of money, you go do it over. Then
0: you rinse and repeat. Yes. Got it.
2: But again, doing that is risky. So make sure your risk tolerance is sufficiently established to be able to handle if one of your properties goes empty for one, two, three, four months. You should have a six month minimum of backup. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Eric on that. I know that sounds like a lot of money and a lot of time. But guys, that's how you're safe. If your property's empty for six months, there's either something wrong with the property or it's an apocalypse. And understand this difference. So
0: if <laughs> you you're doing, into if you're you doing single family
1: homes or if you're doing apartment buildings where it's re- residential, it's much mm-hmm. easier than commercial, you know? So you have to know what you're buying. Even um, residential, I think your six month thing is really. Well, it depends on many tenants. If you have five tenants, six months, yes. It's always good to have six months. But if you have one tenant, then you're screwed 100%. If you have six tenants. In theory, if you're, you're shooting, like yeah. you get through like a six. Yeah, yeah. So it depends on what it is. But the other option is just have a wealthy family friend or a wealthy father or mother or aunt or uncle who's like, hey, I got your back. Go do your thing. If you ever need anything, I'm here. Or take well, a line would of like credit. have you wealthy
0: friend or family or uncle? It's like, like, thank that's you all for showing up on the show today. That's <laughs> like, <"That's laughs>
2: See episode one mentors. Someone asked
1: me for money yesterday. I was like, okay. But um. Not
0: me. Not me.
1: But you can have a line of credit. So if this is your, if let's say you have that fifty grand, Mm -hmm. which you save through working or however, or you got a gift, whatever you got, you also have a main residence. Let's say that main residence has no mortgage, or let's say that let's say that that main residence has. That's your house It's just an option. You could put a line of credit on there. Okay, a line of credit. It's like a credit card in your house. Okay. Like, that could also be your backup. You <laughs>
0: can't do that. I have kids. They need their home. You need, I mean, that's for that young person out there that's right. just them and they're rocking and rolling and they're living or, the high life.
2: Or, or, or even older. Guys, I'm actually, I'm with you on that, Noel. So yeah, a lot of people, of course, it's free money sitting there. And if you're doing well, why not build more? So leaving your home untapped is a waste of resources because your home is not an asset. It's a liability because you're living in it. And you're, it's going to appraise in value, but not... Not as much as if you invested that money. So <clears throat> it, it would make sense to turn it into an asset by leveraging it. But, And the other reason is that your home, it gives you your lowest
1: interest rate. So mm-hmm. you'll, get, you'll get your lo- People, I, I find people all the time that go out and they take a 30-year loan and they want to turn it into a 15-year but loan. But then you lose your home. You're losing all this cash flow. And like your you
0: kids just... lose their schools and your, you lose your spouse eventually. And your whole life goes down the drain and then all for that high of making some money. Not worth it. I think it depends how you do it.
1: I think it depends how you do it. There's caveats to everything. You know, we're happy to if you reach out to us with questions, we can give you like, um, we should make like a risk guide with like a point system as to what we think,
2: but it'll start with a stick figure with clothes and then it'll end up with a stick figure in those shoes. So a lot of
0: people, a lot of people are asking, yes, so we at the center for real estate education um recareercenter.com we have a find fun flip class which goes into depth about flipping and finding the investment and like analyzing the deal and rehabbing the deal that is a two-day class this is just a hour podcast so you're not going to learn everything if you want to go purchase that class please do and you're going to have five different teachers, a flipper, a construction person, a architect, a lawyer, a hard money lender. So go do that. A lot of people on um, online are asking about that. So go do that. But the, but this is just your, this is wetting your whistle, right? Into, into this someone, method. Someone asked if you need a
1: license to be an
0: investor. Do you need a license to be an investor? You
1: don't. No, I'm using money. License to kill, you, like, you don't need any right? license, yeah. you just need to have the um, the chutzpah, the huevos, and he, you know, whatever. What other words I don't know, you know, the FCC
2: may come in and crack down on uh, You need to all have all the all courage, you need to have the courage to go out and try it, you Yeah
1: know? guys.
2: And, and and again, loop back to what Eric said earlier. I mean, it's yeah, you really should zoom in on it. It's not a stupid thing to just look at YouTube on how to do something. Um, I, you know. I'm not telling my art, I'm an engineer, I've built houses, I've been in the game since I was a kid.
0: He's a superhero by night. Uh,
2: I He's still crazy. I still go to YouTube because there's things that I'm just day. interested in how other people do it and how it should be done. And it's there's so many people who put up videos and walk uh-huh. you through the process and watch a couple because you'd be surprised how simple something is. It just seems complex because when you look at like something and it's just so overwhelming and you're like, I can't figure this all out. But if you watch a simple tutorial or a video, you're not the first person having a leak problem. Right. You're not the first person who's having a steam distribution issue. You're not the first person who's is leaking. I don't know that, Too right? So much steam. So at the end of the day, other people have had these problems and other people have fixed these problems. Yeah. And we live in a society where people thankfully love to share, you know, worst case scenario you end up on Reddit. You never know and don't be afraid to
1: make it your own so like if you find five different things out there you know that doesn't mean that they're right that doesn't mean that it that fits your scenario right it's just like if you have you go out and ask people advice from five different people like everybody has their agenda in their mind as to why they're giving you that answer And that's not you, you know, we're all individuals. We all have our different risk tolerances. We all have our different interests. You gotta be you, you gotta do what works for you. So just go out, get educated, and then make your own decision. and then try it. And you can adjust it. It's not like you have to be like, okay, this is how I'm gonna be for the rest of my life. No, you know, you can be like, well, I like my bread toasted, but then, you know, next week you can be like, I don't like it toasted. Like you can change, it's okay.
0: Sounds like my kid.
1: Knowledge is power,
0: guys. So really quickly, do both of you use property managers for your for any rentals that you have? Mm. I know you have a property manager, don't you?
2: No, I'm on and off about them, right? So look, property managers take 5% to do what? Answers to phone calls and then They are
0: the go-between between <clears throat> you and your tenant, so you don't have to deal with the tenant.
2: There, there's so many platforms now that exist that act as almost digital property managers that track it better. That are the the tenants can pay the rent through the portals. But
0: what if Mister Jenkins has a leak in the middle of the night? Then he's going to be calling Nema. Tim Jenkins? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Oh no, I didn't mean that. He's
0: Jensen, Tim but, Jensen. but
2: yeah. look, sure. That's key. a that's a very small minded way to yeah. look at it from my perspective. But I'll deal with that and I'll, I'll distribute. But I have a secretary. Okay. I just I'll have my secretary deal with it. To me, it Those depends on how the secretary that they can. Have yeah, for, right? exactly. Have so exactly. So look, to, it depends on how many units you have, right? If if you have enough units where it makes sense to have a property manager no offense you also can make enough money to hire a secretary if you don't have enough units that you can go and you have two or three well then you know what you don't have enough money to be given five percent of it away in my opinion pick up the phone and deal with it yourself
1: and plus if you don't have the experience you're better off learning but yes there's all perspectives you know i've been a property manager i am a property manager of sorts today because i have a portfolio but i do have a Someone like a secretary, but it's not, they're not a secretary, but someone that is a property manager, right? And you know, we've done tons of property management for others, so oh, I mean, you're Alexander
0: a, Anderson, yes, so,
1: so there is a value to property management, um, they're not all. Cooks, what did you say? Oh, um,
0: is that what you said? Um, no. I said something
1: like that. But, Disclaimer. Um, yeah, there, there are
0: <laughs> All comments lot,
1: are based off of our opinions <laughs>
0: and not how we believe. But, there Russia, are a lot you. of
1: great thank property managers out there. Some of them are more risk averse than others and some of them build in a lot of things to protect them from from lawsuits. So again, the more educated you are, the better it is to understand um, and, and it'll help you understand how to make a decision. You know, just remember that
2: no one's going to do it the way you would you know what my biggest issue is with property managers huh. it's not their actual job it's the fact that they are usually so busy or mm-hmm. this is not everyone but they'll pay contractors whatever they want and next thing you know you're like rehabbing entire houses because property manager thinks it needs to be done because they want to you know avoid liability and no
0: one's going to be as everyone. as careful with your money as you are
2: no so- and i'm getting all these bills where i'm like I'm like, you didn't, I could have done this. Or I could have had someone do this for a couple hundred bucks. You paid $1,200 right. for this. doesn't need this. So like, typically the a
1: property manager, manager of a bigger type of a complex will get an engineer like him to come in. The engineer is going to write 50 recommendations. One of them is going to say, well, the roof is, is, you know, 15 years old and it's starting to, you know, potentially could have problems. Yeah. We recommend changing the roof. Now a normal person. If it was your house on your roof, you're like, this it's thing so is fine. So fine you're going right. to leave this room for another 15 Until years. It but these right. property managers, if they're in, let's say, a board situation where there's 30 people that are voting that don't really understand, they can sway that and then make something happen. So,
0: so we are going to wrap it up. Wrap it up. I want to know final thoughts. Final, final, final thoughts. Is this the way that I'm going to build my wealth? through rentals, today is about rentals, right? Is leveraging a rental property and rinsing and repeating. Yes Yes or no?
2: Of course, look, the longer you have a rental property with that- I expected you
0: to say no. No, look, (laughs) it is
2: a definition of building wealth. If you do it right, if you do it right, your rent will pay your mortgage. Now, once it's done, it wasn't your money, You've already, you've recouped your money, hopefully within 10 years of your initial investment with a little bit extra. And now you have an equity for the next 25 years, just building equity in the property of someone else's money. So in the long term play, yes, because in 15, depends on the length of your mortgage, but 15, 30 years, if you buy at the right time, by the time you're 60 years old, 70 years old, you
0: have have a
2: debt-free portfolio cash flowing Mm. you into eternity with that. That's something you can leave to your kids with absolutely no debt, and you can now set up the next generation of your family for wealth. It's all about the cash flow. <clears throat>
1: it's
2: all about the cash flow. The more money that you get to keep
1: after you do something is what it's about. So yes, rental properties are an amazing way to do that. Um, it allows you to have the freedom to, to live your life and still work, you know, without having to make that dollar off everything you do on your back. So I'm all about it, and remember, I w- always say, if you visualize it, you can own it, so definitely.
0: Well, there you go. Those are our final words. Guys, don't forget to subscribe and like the little thumbs up button. Um, And follow us so so that way you can see all of the great stuff that we're talking about. Thanks for being with us on The Remix.